Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. They Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week are my good friends, Ek Two Fly, Eric Trembicki, and Mr. Wednesday Night Live, the European champion, hailing from Bangor, Maine, where a few people have downloaded the show. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. We have our Backlash review episode. Backlash uh, 2018. Yes. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Five-star ratings and reviews. Always greatly appreciated. Uh, Alo, do you want to give your you want to give out the rating system for anyone who may not be familiar? Yes, if it's a horrible show, it's a jobber. If it falls on men in the middle, it's a slobber knocker. It's a fantastic show. Get the showstopper. So, who would like to rate this show first? <laughs> This show jobbed out. Halo? <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a low slobber knocker, but I'm just going to let everybody know, know Balo After Dark was greater than Backlash. <laughs> so you should have been, been into that. That was excellent. I'm sure it was. Uh, I have no doubt that it was better <laughs> than Backlash. Balo After Dark went on a lot longer than a Brock Lesnar match would. Yeah. I guess that's... I'm not saying much. if you talked at all, it's probably <laughs> longer than, than a Brock Lesnar match. I think I've been kind of on the fence because there was one match I really did love on this show, but I'm still going to give it a jobber. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was a boring night. I kind of feel like almost everything that came out of this pay per view was boring this week. Um, and I don't even see a reason to go match by match and break everything down. We'll just kind of talk about the show. Uh, I had Miz and Seth by far the match, match of the night. night. I thought the Miz had the two best matches of the week. Yeah. I thought his match with Jeff Hardy was was highly rated with this, too. Yeah. Excellent in-ring performer to Miz. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> put, they, they put him in the ring two nights in one week with people that can actually work. <laughs> yeah. He got, he got carried two nights in a row. <laughs> well, not in a row, but w- within a week. Yeah. I, I Good matches. Kudos to Jeff. Kudos to Seth. Well, yeah. Jeff in Jeff in the Jeff against the Miz in, from an in-ring perspective. That's debatable. Yeah. As what? As who's better? It's not debatable at all. Jeff's better. We'll let the internet decide. That. <laughs> Put a poll up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought this was the match of the night. I'm glad that it kind of kicked off the show, although it was kind of all downhill from here. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad, you know, we kind of had the hope that Seth could take the Intercontinental Championship and make it prestigious or keep it prestigious like it has been. And I think going on to a pay-per-view and having a match like that definitely does it. Does anybody else have a different choice for match of the night? No. None at all. Because, like, like we both said, we all said this match was excellent. De- definitely the match tonight. The show could have just ended here. We've been fine and <laughs> went home happy. It would have got a better rating. Yeah, it definitely would. But, um... I liked how they discussed how mediocre Seth was since he returned in 2016 to now, because they talked and they also brought up the knee injury, and then the knee injury actually played a part in this match. Right after they mentioned it, when Miz shoved him into the ring, to the um, the side of the ring, and then the exchange they had with the figure when the Miz had the figure four in, I thought both guys sold it well Mm -hmm. with their face. 
And like we talked about Miz having the two best matches of the week, he held up his end of the bargain. And the transitions in this match I thought were fantastic, especially when Miz trans- transitioned to the Skull Quarter finale and the way how Rollins got the the curb stop, well, the blackout, or whatever they're calling it now. I like how he got, he finally got that and offered a similar thing. They call it just the stomp. The yeah. stomp, so blackout, it. whatever they want to call it. The same way Miz hit the Skull Crusher finale, Rollins countered that into hitting his stomp. And I, I like that there's a match of the night, no doubt. And Rollins has been the only redeemable thing about WWE since WrestleMania. Well, that's the statement I can get behind. You agree with that? Only redeemable thing. Oh, WWE, I mean, he's the only thing to tune in for. Because we're what? We're officially a, shame, a month past WrestleMania. It's right? a shame they should have done with Rollins right now. They should be doing with him what they did with Cena and make him make him good for both shows. He should be a free agent. <laughs> Just let him go back and forth from show to show. Yeah. There was a time when I, I know I was kind of hoping the champion would do that. They would just have one world champion who would defend on either show. Obviously, we didn't get that. Um, was there anything else anybody especially liked on this show? <sighs> I like just Elias. Everybody else, I could, I, I could have went without, but just Elias, I thought he was great because he had them. He had the crowd in the palm of his hand. Like before, he barely took a step. I'm leaving. They cheered. Yes. Yeah. He, he came back. They still cheered. They still cheered. It's like he had him eating at the palm of his hand. But I, I could have did without Bobby Roode. I'm why I don't know why Elias is still even dealing with Bobby Roode. That that's not going anywhere. Elias was redeemable. Reigns versus Joe. We'll get to we'll get to that. <laughs> and AJ Nakamura. We'll get to that. But that was about it, honestly. Well, yeah, AJ Nakamura. We got over 20 minutes for them to just kick each other in the balls and neither one be able to answer a 10 count. I, so dumb. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember me saying in our Mania preview episode that I thought there was a chance WWE would go out of their way to make sure this wouldn't be that great because it's not their thing. I'm actually starting to believe that after the way this has played out for the last, whatever it is, six, eight weeks. They don't want it to succeed. I'm going to be a little different than you guys. So, I try. Like, I really, like, tried to watch this match because we talked about the Mania match. That was nothing. So, that was nothing. The Grand Rumble, it was it was better, but it was all supposed to culminate here. But I think the match was, be- was the, this is the best match these two have had. But the only thing that took away from it is, I think if the story was different, and not about low blows, and that's, that's the only substance you're going off of is a low blow, I think the match would have made you feel a little bit different. I thought the match was fine. Like, they actually legit showed hatred towards each other. But it's just, you can't tell a good story off of just low blows. And they've done it before. It's not the first time yeah. that a story, especially involving AJ Styles, has solely revolved around low blows. Yeah, because two weeks ago I talked about how I only no more low blows, like tell an actual story. Like, what is the actual story between these two? But for a story, for a storyless, well, I can't even say storyless, a low blowing being the story of the match, it was fine. But I think if you had actually more heat and Nakamura actually doing something to AJ other than low blows, everybody could enjoy this match way more. Yeah, agree. And that's the thing. The, the match itself, I was fine with. I did think this was better than their last match for most of it. But that it ended the way it did, yeah. it just... And even the crowd, who you know they want to cheer for this, is left booing. And then that sets the stage for 
Roman and Joe with a crowd that's already pretty unruly that was probably not going to be into the Roman match anyway. So I just think... Vince and H are sitting in the back. Dumb, dumb, and dumber at this point because... I I don't know. Not to cut you off. My whole gripe with it, match was good. There was some substance there. But it's almost... In the WWE world, this is supposed to be, if not the rubber match, this is the third time's the charm. I mean, after... Three matches, like, I don't really want any more of it. And then skip the whole low blow part. Paige calls that this match is going to be a no DQ. And then it's, okay, cool, it's no DQ. They hit each other. They can't get up. But you have, it's not a last man standing match. It's, right. it's a no DQ match. They can't get up. Like, wait a little longer. Wait till they can get up. In a no DQ match, are people getting count to, count to 10? It's... Typical WWE where they don't stick to their rule book, and that's where it's just it's insulting to any longtime fan. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like really, <laughs> like you said, like it's not their creation, so they're doing their best to just ruin it. But it's like really, like come on, like honestly, like this is what you come up with. Yeah, and I, we we also said last week I, it was obvious when Paige made it a no DQ that low blows were going to play into the finish. It's just. There is no finish. Neither, neither guy won. And the low blow was the finish. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll get the Roman a little bit shortly, but this did Roman and Joe. Ro, not even Roman and Joe. Everybody loves Joe. This did Roman no favors either. Because I don't agree Roman should have made advantage because at this point it's like you're giving. You're making Roman more important yeah, than the title. Not, it's not even that. It's like. I'm going to sound like laugh here. It's about the main title. Brock's not there. So your main event should be for the WWE title, but I understand why, because they had that finished book. But you're not doing Roman any favors, because at this point, it's like everybody's saying, Roman in the main event again, for nothing. Yeah, I do have a, a thought on that at some point later in the show. Uh, Daniel Bryan over Cass, I think we all had high hopes for this. I think, Eck, it was you last week that said you thought Bryan was going to make Cass look like a star. Alo, I think you predicted that Brian will win by a roll-up. Which would have been the smart thing to do. Right. But it ended in less than eight minutes with Big Cass tapping out. Like it's nothing. Yeah, do you think we got what we should have out of this match? I mean, Brian beat the crap out of Cass when he got him down for that. He made him tap out, and then he's left laying down. I... Daniel Bryan goes over, Big Cass gets over. He leaves with the heat, he's booing, he's getting booed. So you think it was good for Cass the way it played out? I mean, I think, you know, in retrospect, in hindsight, you could say that it should have got more time. I'll be honest, watching this show, I thought this show was so bad, I didn't realize this match was eight minutes or less, and I didn't realize Nakamura was 20 minutes. Yeah. Because this show was that bad. I think it was 21. What? Nakamura and AJ. They could have kept ten minutes. minutes of it because it, the ending, the ending ruined the twenty minutes. <laughs> and the thing with the Cass and Brian match for the what they were portraying, the story to be with Cass is, Cass is bigger than Daniel Bryan. So this guy that's smaller than you made you submit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he didn't steal one or anything. He just made you submit, and that was it. And he, like he got his heat back and all, but I said, win by roll up, and then get your heat back. That's because that's. That, like, with a roll-up victory, that's showing that Brian actually just stole one, but he legit submitted you. and Yeah, flat-out beat him. 
Yeah, and like Enzo would say, he's seven foot tall. Yeah, and you can't teach that, but he just got beat by the guy. He got submitted by a guy who he claims he's hit because he's smaller than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was over a foot shorter than he is. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that there was a better way to go about it. I wish they would have gone about it another way. Um, I don't know what the the plan was or what the plan is going forward because then Cass isn't even on SmackDown the next night or on Tuesday night. Uh, I mean, it was, it was fine while it was going on, but I feel like when you have Daniel Bryan back on the roster, his match should be better than fine on every pay-per-view. Well, I thought his performance was great. I thought he sold... Very well for Cass. Like he made Cass, all Cass move, Cass's moves feel effective because there's plenty of times he turned himself inside out. For yes, selling for Cass. There was one time he landed on, legit on his head. <laughs> that obviously you guys know how I am when I'm when I'm watching this stuff. Um, but I, I, sh- thought, I showed you a head bump earlier that had you uh, cringing. Oh yeah, the kid scorpioned himself <laughs> off the roof of his house. And then and one thing yeah, I, that was brutal. One thing I did enjoy when Brian started doing the kicks, Corey Graves says the world famous it kicks. I did, <laughs> I, I did enjoy that. Um, pleasantly surprised that Carmella got a clean win over Charlotte. It's clean. It's clean, but she essentially stole one. But it didn't take interference from the Iconics, like I think we thought. She didn't really do anything shady or unsavory. She just took advantage of an opportunity. Uh, so I was happy because I really the match started. And I was like, you know what? She's probably going to lose this title. So I was glad that she didn't, uh, and I'm happy that she still has it. And it leads to her being able to just yell how that she, she's she beat Charlotte Flair over and over <laughs> again. I'm enjoying her as the champion, and I'm happy that she still is the SmackDown Live Women's Champion. You guys agree, or would you have rather seen Charlotte win? Uh, no, no, I'm. It went well, and I do. I do think it should have been less clean of a victory than it was. A uh, little bit of discredit to Charlotte after just ending a, a certain streak, but uh, kind of like Aaron said, it's not 100% a clean victory. It was just a little too clean for my taste. When it comes to women's champions right now or in the main roster, Carmella's definitely the only one to pay attention to. Yeah. So it, it was an enjoyable match. I'm looking forward to seeing what she's going to do next. Um, how would you guys think about her screaming through the entirety of the match? Loved it. Did you, Eck? Didn't do nothing for me, positive or negative. Because <laughs> the match, it was, it was all. This match wasn't really that great. It was just all about the antics of Carmella, like her doing the moon, um, um doing the, the the flash strut and yelling that she's a champion. How she beat Charlotte before. That's what this match was really about. But they did find a way for Melody, Carmella to essentially beat Charlotte clean. And before I forget about the iconics, you didn't watch the pre-show, did you? Mm-mm. Okay, so they um, you, you see you see it. Okay, so um, you'll appreciate this too. Okay. So Rosenberg, they walk up on Rosenberg. So and I already like it. So um, <laughs> you know how Peyton does the imitations or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, Billy Kay is like, well, Peyton's gonna show what New Yorkers do, and talking about Rosenberg, yeah. and essentially she does. A Jersey Shore impression. <laughs> Cap the hair. Cap the hair. <laughs> I'm I'm always here for their impressions. I'm definitely here for them making fun of uh, Rosenberg, and here for pretty much everything they do at this point. Um, I may have to go back and, and see if I could watch. I don't want to watch the whole pre-show. No, it's just that. So, good. but I do just want to see that. 
Um, and what about Alexa? Is that a legit injury? No. There's nothing serious. I know yeah. she uh, she did a promo on Raw. Yeah, she's fine. They said she sold the injury. She's okay. Fine. Uh, before we get into Roman and Samoa Joe, full disclosure: we are we started the podcast <laughs> during halftime of Game Five of Sixers Celtics. Celtics leading by nine going into the second half. I'm probably going to be pretty distracted <laughs> for the rest of the way here, so. I'd rather ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. So just to let you know, I may not be all the way here. We may even need to get the uh, explicit tag on the podcast <laughs> this week. Or an ambulance by the end of the yeah, episode. <laughs> right, one, one or the other. Um, but Roman Reigns against Samoa Joe, against a crowd that kind of had already turned, you know that they were not ready to give Roman any type of credit anyway. Uh and I unfortunately didn't think the match was as good as it could have or should have been. So I'm assuming you guys probably agree with that too, which is why two of us gave it a jobber and one went on the slow end of the slobber knocker. Listen, you know I don't <laughs> think any match delivers when I will agree that The Miz was involved in the match of the night. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, you did agree that that was the match of the night. Halo, anything redeeming about this match? The only redeeming thing was before the bell hit when Joe attacked Roman. But at the end, of, but at the, at the same time, it's like we all say like Joe's such a badass. But at a certain point in time, the things he does do, they have to mean something. So he did all that. We were with Richard, well, good new fresh on Richard, <laughs> and he calls like, okay, Joe's gonna lose. Because because Joe has done that numerous times when he usually does that he just he loses because that ambush usually means something and like it's, it's an early attack but we at the end of the day we all knew Roman was gonna lose but when it comes to Samoa Joe it's like the things he do at a certain point they have to feel important so I don't know he wasn't on SmackDown this week so I don't know what he's gonna do or what role he's gonna play but he has to do something important because he he can't just keep losing to Roman and doing all these great things. And they not mean anything. Like right. we always say, like characters. Well, they say characters matter. Wins and losses don't. But at a certain point, they really do. They only say that when it is in regards to certain people. Yeah. Like if it's a guy who the hardcore fans like, like Kevin Owens, and he loses, their excuse is, "Oh, well, it's all about the character." But if it's about someone that they love in the office, that's when the wins and losses matter, and it's not just about character. Now, it's interesting that you talked about how eventually the things he does have to matter because I remember right before Lesnar broke the streak, he was basically there and he wasn't winning. I I believe he lost to Triple H. I think he lost to someone else leading up to that. And there was a thought that maybe him as an attraction is going to go away because he's the beast, but he's not actually winning his matches. Then, of course, he breaks the streak, and the rest is history. We've been stuck with him ever since. But unfortunately for Joe, I don't think he's going to get that monstrous victory that that Brock got. And I don't know who it could even be against unless he was the guy to dethrone Braun Strowman, which obviously is not going to happen. Or put him against AJ soon, but we're still with this Nakamura stuff. But then at the same time, that's not equivalent. Like, it makes sense. That's that's the right thing to do. Like, make him be the one to dethrone AJ. But it's not 
no, no discredit to AJ, it's not as right. It's not as as monumental as mm-hmm. ending the Undertaker's WrestleMania undefeated streak. Yeah, first guy to beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Obviously, it's hard to come up with something that tops it, except maybe beating the guy who broke the streak in eighty seconds. Maybe maybe that tops it, and we already know who they gave that to. A guy who's not even there anymore and who's only there, what, 10 times over the course of eight or nine months (laughs) in William. Um, I finally, and I miss you, William. At least he was able to beat him. (laughs) I don't let Roman beat him for anything. (laughs) We've been kind of beating the drum of a lot of people keep talking about how Roman needs to turn heel. And we kind of have said, no, they don't really need to because he's still selling shirts. He's still popular with demographics they care about. But I am starting to get to the point where this storyline they're doing with him, I almost think they'd be better off turning him heel because you're not going to get people to buy into that he's getting screwed over by management. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because Uncle Dave reported <laughs> that they're trying to make him a sympathetic character and continue to get him screwed over. But one... He's not really getting screwed. He got screwed one time. And like you said, when it, with the lead into WrestleMania, with the stuff with Brock, it would have been better if Brock never actually showed up. So Roman's story would actually make a little bit more sense. And what's Brock doing to garner sympathy for Roman? Nothing. If it, it, We saw this work with Roman with Sheamus and the authority. Right. Because they, one, they were there every week, and you wanted to see Roman win. Brock's not there every week doing nothing. So it's not, like, leading to anything for you to actually care about. It's like, okay, we're going to get Brock versus Roman again. It's going to be legitimate. It'll be significantly uh, finishers on max for the whole match. We, that's what the last two matches have been. It's like, what sympathy? There's no sympathy. This will work with somebody else who's there every week and actually doing something to Roman. But Brock shows up whenever. He beats Roman. But that's it. What, there's no sympathy there. Right. The, the story that I think they should have told is Brock doesn't care about the company. He doesn't care about the fans. He does whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And Roman wins it for the locker room and wins it for the fans and wins it for WWE. They obviously didn't do that. They didn't even tell that story all the way through. So now I think it is their best bet. Is just, I hate to say give the fans what they want, but because if he turns heel, people are probably just going to be cheering him but at this point, you're you're only going to make it worse if you keep going down this road. It's not going to work. People are going to resent him even more. And I just feel bad for him at this point, that he's got to keep walking out there getting booed when he's supposed to be getting cheered. So why not let him go out there and just unleash and just be a heel? Because I just think it's the better option at this point. They, there's nothing good that's going to come out of this storyline. Nobody's going to buy it. No, and like I said, they did no favors with Rowan being in the main event this past Sunday because he had no reason being in the main event. Yeah, and the, there were shots of the crowd leaving. I don't know if they were actually leaving early or if it was leaving as the match finished or maybe the crowd was emptied out. I know I saw it mentioned on social media. But again to that, I have to say, leaving early, not going to do anything. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, we talked They about, got your money already. Yeah, we talked about social media interaction, and I'm in this wrestling group on Facebook, and I'm like – Telling them they're like, good, maybe events will change. I'm like, no, he's not going to change. Stop buying merch. Stop, stop buying tickets. That when you affect their money, that's when things will change. What's leaving early going to do? Okay, he might be a little bit on oh, 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 there, now there. Leaving early, like, 
Must gotta wake up for, wake up for work in the morning, you know. But they're not like don't. They're really just exactly. It's like it's like he still got your money. <laughs> what does it matter? So don't you leave early. That, that's a dis- that's a disadvantage for you because you paid the money for the ticket. Right. You you cost yourself. Yeah. As as long as you are putting, they just had these the report of their first quarter earnings or whatever. And they're over the moon with how much money they're making. So they have no reason to cave in to your demands when they're making all the money that they're making anyway. So the only way, and I honestly don't even know if I should even say this anymore because these people are just going to keep doing it anyway. Keep buying belts, keep buying t-shirts, keep buying tickets, keep subscribing to the network, and then thinking, oh, if we boo, if we leave, it's going to make a difference. It's not going to. Um, is is there anything else from Backlash anybody wanted to talk about? Because I have nothing on the U.S. title match. Didn't care. Um, <laughs> and was there even anything else? I don't even remember what else. They was buried on. the show. I won't be surprised if we don't see a Backlash 2019. <laughs> so you think the entire pay per view itself is going to go? I'm very I'm very upset about that because I'm nostalgic for Backlash because Backlash 2000 is my favorite show of all time and they did this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Backlash 2018 pales in comparison. <laughs> um, so, everybody fine with moving on from Backlash? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, agreed. Uh, so, Raw and SmackDown both had their lowest ratings of 2018. Congratulations. Week. After that pay-per-view, who's surprised? I'm not. And I, I saw on, oh, I saw, I guess, yesterday that Raw was its lowest rating for 2018. And I was like, SmackDown kind of deserves it too. They deserve to kind of take a dive a little bit. And they did. Um, I know that they, they're probably trying to chalk it up to the NBA playoffs. <laughs> but that's not that's not the case. Because Monday night was Sixers Celtics. And it's really just two markets. And... Same thing, I guess, on Tuesday night was what? Houston, Utah? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even taking place during the entirety of SmackDown anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they took a hit because they're not putting together a good product. You have to do that for people to care. And if you're not going to do that, I hope people keep... Jericho had this quote. It was during the Monday Night Wars documentary, and you guys probably remember him using this quote because he used it in multiple episodes. When he said, that's when people just started leaving in droves. And it's like, maybe that's what has to happen now for anything to change. It's not going to be about you you leaving early or booing or chanting or disrupting the show. It's going to be about how much money they're making. And that's the only thing that's going to change it. Um, so, with that being said, they're already building toward money in the bank. I think it's, what, six weeks away, did they say? Something like that. Mid-June? June, June 17th. So, yeah, at least six weeks away. Um, Sixers can't hit a three. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Down by 11, 741 left in the third quarter. Uh, I'll try my best not to to let the expletives fly, but I'm not making any promises at this point because I'm getting pretty frustrated. Uh, Passing the ball out of bounds. (laughs) So, anyway, Braun Strowman has a match with Kevin Owens for Money in the Bank qualifier. Finn Balor's in a triple threat match with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn in a Money in the Bank qualifier. Do you guys like 
Do you guys like that they are having people from both shows involved in the match and not having one for each show? Yeah. I think it's I great. think it's it's promising um, that they are bringing it together. I think it could make it more interesting, more entertaining. If somebody wins, maybe they don't have to go after the belt on their own show. I don't know if that's what it's going to be. If you're a guy from Raw, maybe you have to use it on Raw. I hope you don't have to, though. Have they specified that at well, all? Or no? You would hope that would not be the case because you have no chance in cashing in. Yeah. If, if you win and you're on Raw, when are you going to cash it in? you got three days a year that you're going to see the champion. Well, the pay-per-views are all going to be co-branded now. Yeah, yeah but the champion's never there on Raw. Well, <laughs> true. For right now, the champion is not there. I guess the hope is eventually they will have an actual champion representing the show every so, month. So, rumor to Uncle Dave... Brock's not even defending it at Money in the Bank either. No, he's not. I don't think he's rumored to come back till SummerSlam. <laughs> well, that's something. Yeah, that is, that is special. Well, hopefully that's when he loses it because he will have broken the record by then, right? Yeah. Oh, he's only like forty-five days away, I think. No, I, I think it's less than less than that, than that now. 30. I think it's like forty as of Wednesday. This will be coming out on Thursday, so probably thirty-nine. No, back on Monday he was thirty-four days away or something. No, so. was it? For some reason, I thought it was forty-two, but I, I could be confusing that with something mm. else. Um, so basically. Even if he was def- defended by Money in the Bank, I believe he breaks the record. So, yeah, it, he doesn't have far to go. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if it's six stupid, weeks, that's 36 stupid, days. Stupid, it's ridiculous, it's insulting. How many people are going to be in this? Eight. Eight? Four, yeah, I'm assuming four from each show. I'm not sure about the women, but the men is four. It's eight people. So, so far, we have Braun, Finn... The Miz and Rusev are all in. We have four more to go. Do you think anyone who lost on Monday or Tuesday is going to end up in there? I almost hope not because what's the point of the qualifying match? Like I was at first when so they announced there's a triple threat qualifying match and then you get the singles qualifying match and then it's like okay cool so they're they're ripping three people off the roster right away. But I guess the way I look at it is you have a big name like Kevin Owens who's not going to be in it. You have Sami Zayn who's not going to be in it. I mean, I guess this is a way you can fill up. I do like they they play to the idea, even on the show, of people that are lower on the card. Like Zack Ryder was asking for an opportunity to be on it. Jinder Mahal asked for an opportunity to be in the match. So, you mean, you're going to have those people that that the fans aren't dying to be WWE champion. They're not all people that are WWE champion contenders. You're going to have some of that lower or that mid card in there, which I think is always a good mix. I, I think so too. Um, is I feel like the Miz has to win the money in the bank. I feel like it's the thing that makes the most <laughs> sense. Based on this past calendar year, I don't feel like there's anyone else who should win it. Yeah, I agree the Miz should win, too. And one thing I do like, that they're acknowledging it, but they're keeping him and Brian away from each other. So I do like that aspect of it. But I think this dips, in, this dips into a, a listener question at the end. But I'm going to keep your eye on Rusev. Because depending on the story they tell, if Lana, because Lana wasn't on TV, but there's a dot-com segment of her coming up to Rusev after the match. It, it, it was so great. Um, they called <laughs> it. Week two? Yeah, it was on dot com. It was it was it was Rusev in the bank. 
<laughs> but, Love it. Yeah, so like, I would keep an eye out on that story because that might be a thing. He may he could possibly win and dump dump Aiden right after he wins, but that's just too good for TV. But <laughs> the Miz right now is my pick to win because I think that'll that'll be a big deal. We always we, we've been advocating for the last two years of Miz being world champion again, and then to steal Brian's moment from him from whoever he if he does go to SummerSlam as a ch- ch- challenge for a title to steal Brian's moment that'll be great. Well, we talked about it last week on kind of the non-meaningful winning of the greatest Royal Rumble. So Braun Strowman wins for that moment in time. They hand him a green belt and say, you are the champion of the greatest Royal (laughs) Rumble. A weekend goes by. He shows up on Raw. It's the beginning of the show. It's in the graphic. The end of the show It's not in the graphic. He went from a green belt. Now we got a green Money in the Bank briefcase. He needs the world title, and I could almost, I could easily see that if Brock was defending it at the show, I could see Brock retaining and then Braun cashing in. I, I'm going to go with the early prediction that Braun's going to win it. Really, I mean, I, I wouldn't be upset if he won because obviously I want to see Braun get everything this year. But I just feel like he, he just doesn't need it. He doesn't, but then why put him in the match? Just to get him in the match, I really, I really think that's it. Do you see Alo? Do you see any chance of Braun winning it? No. I, here's my thought process. So you couldn't get forty nine, and of course, forty nine people weren't in the match at the same time. But there wasn't accumulatively out of this forty nine people some way to gang up together and eliminate him in a battle royal. So how are you going to get seven people to put him down so someone can climb up for a ladder? I do understand, and I know why everyone wants Miz to go because of that storyline. I just think Braun's kind of deserves it a little more. Um, the Money in the Bank briefcase was recently just on SmackDown. I think it's going to end up on Raw. Would you rather see Braun win his first title outright, or would you rather see him win it because he cashed in? So, in hindsight, I'd rather say hey, he would have won it straight up. Um, I would have wished he would have won the the title from Brock already. He's already had two. If was it more? Is it three? How many, how many times shots? has he mad at against the Universal title? Was he at, three? Yeah, because of the Rumble too. So he's a, he had a one on one match, a Fatal Four Way, and a Triple Threat. Yeah, uh, he's long overdue. So basically, I, your I, feeling is they're not going to have him just win it. <laughs> at this at this point, he might as uh, at this point like the cash in makes sense for him. I mean, also, if you look back to SmackDown, they played highlights of Daniel Bryan and The Miz first winning their world titles, and that was off of cash-ins. So they're already playing to the fact that people can win the briefcase, and that'll be their first world title. Yeah, again, I wouldn't be shocked to see him win it. I just, I personally would rather see him just beat somebody for In the words of my best friend, they say all the time, Look, we're looking at how good you guys would love it and everyone would love the idea of this Daniel Bryan and Miz feud culminating with the Money in the Bank cash-in. That's too good for us. <laughs> what did you guys think about Rusev getting a clean win over Daniel Bryan? I was shocked. I was shocked, but it's, it's deserved and it makes sense. Do you think it's indicative of anything? Well, that's why I said I'll keep an eye on that because he beat him clean as a whistle. I was like, oh, really? He beat do you think Daniel, Daniel Bryan, Bryan had anything to do with that? Maybe. 
I could see him protesting for it. Because <laughs> I could easily see, like... Because, like I said, like, the story of, like... Everybody will want Rusev Day to win. Because he's been the most over thing since November and December. And the next week on SmackDown, after he wins, they just take it away from you. So you can automatically hit him. And he could just turn on Aiden and line his backhand with him. How much longer do you think we have with Rusev Day? Not too much longer. Do you think it makes it to Money in the Bank? Yeah. So you think we have at least till the middle of June? Yeah. I really hope they milk everything they can out of it before it's gone because I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not ready for it to be over. Yeah, because as of now, like, I think that was like the biggest upset. Oh, uh, without a doubt. That's the biggest upset I think we've had in a while because I, there's no way I thought Daniel Bryan wasn't winning that match, especially without Aiden English getting involved or Lana getting involved or anything. He just kind of won the match. I was shocked, and it was a good way for SmackDown to go off the air. Uh, having Daniel Bryan looking up at the briefcase, dejected that he didn't earn his way into the Money in the Bank match. And I'm kind of happy that it played out the way it did. Uh, On the women's side, we have Ember Moon qualified and Charlotte qualified. How many women are are in it? it I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're going to do six or eight. But Charlotte, had she's having surgery. I'm not sure how long she's out for for a a ruptured breast implant. Did that just happen on Tuesday? Today. Yeah, it came out today. Wow. I'm not sure how long. It's not the first time that happened to her either. It happened to her in NXT, Mm -hmm. too. Well, that's not fun for her. Yeah, I don't know how long that takes. It's not fun for the guy playing with the titty either. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know how long of a recovery time that is. I don't know either, surprisingly. She has like almost (laughs) six weeks, I believe, right? Five, 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 six weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought the triple threat on Raw with Ember Moon, Ruby Riot, and Sasha Banks was really good. I did, too. I thought it was a great finish. I thought there was... I only saw the finish. The finish was great. I thought that there was a reasonable chance all three of them could win, too. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been shocked to see anyone win. I'm kind of glad it went to, to uh, Ember Moon. So, specifically, like the question we said earlier, you, you asked, do you see people that lost making their way into the match? I mean, it, it was one of those things. When you're seeing those three women... All three of those yeah. should be in the match. Right? I didn't know who to pick. Yeah. <laughs> now, after the fact, it's like, wow, you're really not going to put Sasha in it? And that that's one of the reasons why I'd be shocked if people didn't get a second chance to get in because I can't imagine they're not going to have her in it when she wasn't in it last year. Maybe the thing would make sense is like the go-home show, they put like a redeem-yourself match or second-chance match, mm-hmm. and it ends up being Sasha and Bailey, and that's when you can finally end that. <laughs> that's not going to end. Well, yeah, speaking of Sasha and Bailey, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> because there was the thing on the, I guess it was on the pre-show. It was on the pre-show, Where yeah. Bailey wanted Sasha in her corner, and Sasha said no. Then Bailey comes out and helps Sasha. What the, what the hell are they trying to I, do? I have no clue. Cause, and then on the pre-show, Bailey was saying, look, I was trying to be the bigger person and just let bygones be bygones. But Sasha, she had a point. like, no, I'm not going to help you now just because you're going to have, just because the Riot Squad is going to be out there. Right. And you need me to help you. I'm not going to do that. So it's like they both have they both have points to an extent. Because you, you do what you're your friend. You do, you do want to bury the hatchet. But it's like, no, don't try to do that now after you let me, left me hanging on Raw and I want my help. Who do you think is the most likely woman to win money in the bank? I'm not sure because I don't know how the field's going to look. I don't know. I, I'm assuming Charlotte's going to be there. I don't think she'll win, but who, do you, who else do you think is going to get in there? Maybe Billy Kay because since Peyton Royce won't be in it, maybe one, one of them will be in it. 
I, I, would, I think them have one of them having it. I think would be the best thing for the briefcase. Because my, my thing is always whoever's going to be the most annoying with it <laughs> is who should have it. My early prediction is going to be that Charlotte's not going to win. And when I say early, I mean is because I see her winning the Rumble. Really? Yeah. Because I think Oscar's going to be the next person to challenge Carmella, but. Like, who do you think will be the six women, or eight, so, well, say, let's assume six. Who's going to be the six women in that match? So we already have Charlotte and Ember Moon. Yeah, so four more. For the sake of more names, let's say it is eight. I'd be shocked if Asuka wasn't in it, so that'd be three. I'll be shocked if Sasha and Bailey aren't in it. Well, I'm not putting Asuka in my I think she's charging, challenging Carmella. At that pay-per-view, yeah. you think? Well, then if she's not in it, I think... But she had a promo saying that she wants to be in the match. More in SmackDown. I think she's in it. I just think I'd be shocked if the four horsewomen all weren't in it. I'd be surprised if one of the Iconics wasn't in it. So that's five right there in addition to Ember Moon and... So Charlotte's, oh, no, Charlotte's already in there. So that's six, six I have. So if I'm going two more... Naomi? Natalia? Naomi will be in it. And Natalia probably will be in it, yeah. How about, about Ronda? Yeah, she's not going to be in it. <laughs> you sure? Uh, I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty confident that they're not going to put her in that. I don't know if they trust. We can't. Her in a match we can't like even get her yet. in a raw match. So you think she's climbing? Well, hey, hey she shows up to television. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be more surprised if she is in it than if she isn't. I'll be really surprised if she is in it. Indy probably pissed. Yeah, uh, yeah, he will. Um, <laughs> a couple more things from raw. Well. Seth had an Intercontinental Open Challenge yeah. against Mojo. Is there any indication that this will be weekly? There, there's none, but one can hope. One can pray that it turns out better than everything they've imitated of Cena's U.S. Open Challenge. There hasn't really been an Intercontinental one, so. <laughs> and it's on Raw. SmackDown, they don't really have the time to make it matter. Raw's, Raw is where all those, uh, Smack, those U.S. title Open Challenges that matter were at. Like, I started the show saying Rollins has been the only redeemable thing for the last month, month and a half since WrestleMania. But I got excited for this little open challenge, but they gave me the most flattest thing with Mojo Rawley. And what, what you were ready for, for Monday Night Rawley? No. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and what was the crowd chanting? We want somebody else, or we want Ryder. We want Ryder. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because it was, there, was in his town. Yeah, because I'm just like... This. Prep was there. He was chanting. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you give us this? Like, the most... Anticlimactic per- thing in the world, like really. I I agree with me trying to be optimistic to it. At least it was a fresh, a fresh face, and it was, when Cena first started doing that open challenge, you were seeing him with people that one he either hasn't had a match with ever or hasn't been in the ring with for years. Right. So, I'm very. I, I'm not. I, I don't even want to speak on it because I'm going to jinx myself because I said it about the U.S. challenge. So I'm. I just hope they. I hope they keep going in the right direction with it. So do I. I would like to see it every week. I think that's... He's a guy that that's what he's there for, is that reason. To so go do in it. the ring and, and entertain. Because right. he went out there on Sunday. He had an in-ring match. He entertained. It was the best thing on Sunday night's Backlash pay-per-view. On Raw, my note, it sucked. Number two, <laughs> Monday Night Rollins. Yeah. Only other thing that was redeemable about it, I don't care if it had to do with Mojo, that match, I mean, it was... One, you didn't... You didn't turn into that first hour and a half plus two hours and think, okay, cool, we're going to get an Intercontinental Championship yeah. match, and we did. Yeah, which I was happy about, and I hope we do every week. I think it's 
I think it's the best thing for the show. I think it's the best thing for that title. Um, Ayla, one of the things you have been telling me about Bobby Lashley. Oh, God. Oh, God. This was terrible. It, it was is. horrible. Yeah, Where he's improved <laughs> this is was horrible. his ability to talk. I can't even blame him for this. This is a WWE thing. Like, this should have happened three weeks ago. So, yeah, my notes on this are, who the hell wrote this segment? <laughs> who thought this was good? And why did they wait a month to, quote-unquote, introduce him? Exactly. I'm like, what? I, I got like I got excited because I thought about you when this when I saw this. Like, okay, okay, like finally hear Bobby talk. And then he talking about his, his 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 prior run, his his stuff in Bellator, and his sisters. No, I'm a family man, but his nah. sisters. Like, really? His character has to be something better than I have three sisters. <laughs> I have three sisters too. And I'll tell you, I'm a million times more entertaining than that interview was on Monday night. And the only redeem, the only redeemable thing was Renee Young. I may send in a resume to be on the talent <laughs> roster of Raw because I have three sisters. If that's the prerequisite, I think maybe I could get on the show. As Dario Sarge misses a free throw. Sixers down, 78-69, 340 left. Uh, all right, I haven't cursed yet. I've gotten close a couple times. Uh, yeah, was there anything good? There's nothing good about this. Renee Young. It, okay, but it ended. she was looking good. It ended, and... I just felt like you waited this long for that. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, this is it? This is like three weeks late. Like, what the hell is this? Because he came back the Raw after Mania, right? Or was yeah, the, the Raw after Mania. Yeah, it was too long for them to give us something so stupid. And he's telling us stories. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're supposed to get behind it. Like, what's his purpose? Like, you keep calling him the Dominator. For what? what what's the point? Yeah, it, it was really, really... Really, really bad. And so unnecessary and did him a huge disservice. It really did. <laughs> and like and like I had to come on the show and def- and, and like kind of defend him. Because I've been like, give this guy a chance. But then WWE does that too. Well yeah, and I, I will say, I'm not gonna blame him for it. Yeah, I'm not blaming but, him at all. But it definitely did not make me any more willing to see how this goes. You know, I am gonna give him a chance just because he's gonna be on the TV, but this definitely did not help. One bit. Uh, does anybody have anything else from Raw or SmackDown? Oh, yes. Mandy Rose is a goddess. Oh, <laughs> my God. Corey Graves. He's, when she finally got her own entrance, she's like, I've waited my whole life for this. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time she got her own entrance? Yeah, because she has new music and stuff. Well, I think he even roster. asked for a breath mint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she came out. Oh, and um, we got Andrade next week on SmackDown. That's official. Yes. That is something to look forward to. I am looking yeah. very much Hopefully he's in Money in the Bank. And I hope his first feud isn't against the most flat person, because you know they do some... When it comes to first feud, your first feud is usually Dolph Ziggler or Ty Dillinger. <laughs> That's WWE's logic. I, I really hope they put him in there with somebody important. Well, Dolph's not on Raw, so... You it's Ty Dillinger. Time. Probably be Ty Dillinger. Do but you like Ty's new hair on Tuesday? No. It looks better. Whatever. <laughs> It looks better. Whatever. He's he's winning because he's with Payroll. He's winning no matter what. Oh, is he is he really? I don't feel like I knew that. Yeah, he is. Yes. Has that been for a while? Yeah. Okay. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Interesting. But, yeah, but I, I hope they put him with somebody important, maybe or in, maybe put him against Jeff or, or put him in the money money in the bank scene. Or do something important with him. Put him with AJ. Because he has <laughs> they'll they'll mess that up too. <laughs> but he he has Elena Vega and that's the 
that's the only redeemable thing. That's the only thing I have faith in because he has her. And yeah, I don't know that they will mess that up. Yeah. They can. Huh? They can. No, they can. Yeah. They can, but I think that she makes, she sells him on the main roster. Is there anything they can't mess up? <laughs> Is there anything that's foolproof even for them? They, they mess up time. I, 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 I'm, <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. No. <laughs> um, so, if you guys think of anything else from the weekly shows that you want to jump it's into. It's very doubtful, I will. I just have a miscellaneous thing. Manchester United won whatever Premier League championship or whatever over in England. And WWE, of course, sent them a belt, as they have done for every champion in every sport for the last three years. I've, I've said it before, how much it annoys me how thirsty they are for mainstream acceptance. And they're so off the mainstream <laughs> radar that every team that gets one of these championship belts, I feel like, act like it's the first time WWE's ever done it. <laughs> it's like they don't realize they do it for every championship. And it just kind of makes me laugh. when, Because that's the other thing. I've said this too also. like There's something about wrestling. There's something that does attract people to it, even if you don't watch it all the time. When so you give somebody a championship belt, they can't wait to pose with it, throw it over their shoulder, put it around their waist, hold it over their head, and you see all the pictures of these guys doing that. But I think they have to really stop trying to conquer the pop culture world and be what they are. I, I, I'm glad you kind of brought that because I thought I, I thought it was hysterical. How Stephanie and Triple H, well, the whole McMahon family, they're Patriots fans, and they will force to send the Eagles the championship belt. That is great. <laughs> Kissing ass yeah. one-on-one. At its finest. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, Turnover. Do, yeah, do we have any listener questions? Yes, we do. We do. All right. We have a question from the Godfather of the podcast, Joel Lafferty. Okay. There is no way that Rusev wins money in the bank. This is Vince that we're dealing with. He is trolling us. I don't think Braun needs it. I don't think it's his narrative. I like the idea of the Miz winning again. I like the idea of Miz and Daniel Bryan opening a SummerSlam with Bryan cashing in. Huh? Well, I'm sorry, with Bryan winning. I like Miz cashing in later in that evening. Similar to Brent and Owen from Mania 10. And then Miz tells Daniel Bryan that he doesn't deserve a title shot. How would you book Money in the Bank? And guys, please, keep Roman far away from everything. Um, so, first thing I'll answer is keeping Roman far away from everything. Is there any chance that him having this thing with <laughs> gender is WWE's way of getting him out of the main event picture? No, I think... Of moving him down the card? I think this is their way of trying to get him accepted because I don't think anybody wants to see gender face anybody. Did you hear about the cheap ploy they did to get get gender heat? No. So, I I read this Tuesday morning and I recall there was a few moments on both Raw and SmackDown this week where I was, you know, I had it playing live. I was never pl- pressing pause if I was leaving and checking on the kids or anything or going about something in the house. Just if I missed it, I missed it. Yeah. So I'm watching the TV, commercials ending, Jinder's in the ring, and the crowd's chanting, USA, USA, <laughs> USA, 
over the commercial break, they're playing, you know, the commercials. And in the arena, they play an advertisement extremely early in schedule. They play an advertisement for Tribute to the Troops. Well, if Tribute to the Troops is playing, it doesn't matter where, but if it's playing in the U.S., there's going to be people in the crowd that are going to want to chant for the U.S. after a commercial for a Tribute to the Troops. Yeah. They played that strategically to get USA chants while Jinder's in the ring. So, boom, there's that more heat on him, and if you're a viewer at home, you're already like, oh, well, boo that guy, boo that guy, boo that guy. Then he shows up later in the night to start something with Roman. Hmm. And it was like the exact same spot from the Rumble last year where Braun Strowman pulled the Roman, where he pulled Roman out of the ring. Yeah, uh, that was kind of my thought, though, was maybe this is their way of dialing it back with Roman a little bit. Like maybe they realized, okay, we have gone wrong somewhere along the way, so let's take him down a notch or two. But I you think, guys, don't I think, think this that's is a case. very desperate, cheap ploy. Yeah, I do too. I, I hope it goes well for them. It's just. They're going to the well. Yeah. Um, but as far as the question ultimately was how would you book Money in the Bank? It's got a hat to me, it has to be the Miz. There's no there's no one else it makes as much sense for. There's no one else it makes more sense for. I think he has earned it. And again, where I say I want to see Braun just beat somebody for the title, I love the idea of Miz weaseling his way into the title with the briefcase. So that's what I want to see, you guys. So I will. I kind of already made my point where, one, I know everyone wants the Brian and Miz thing, and I think that's too good for the viewers. They're not going to give us something that's too good. At the same time, I think they're going to give it to Braun. Uh, maybe I'm being a little too cheesy with the obvious. There's, you know, he had a green belt. Is it too obvious? Now there's a green briefcase. They're going to give it to him. My gut tells me it's going to be Braun. The question states, if you could book it, how would it? I think the, t- the briefcase should end up on Raw. That show has an extra hour. I would like it to go to Rollins, and Rollins runs with that and the Intercontinental title, but I think that's kind of a little too much for him. He doesn't need all that. So the other way I would go, um, Balor stated in an interview recently that you know, despite him never getting a rematch, he wants to earn his Universal Championship yeah. match. I think he should win. And Prep made a statement to us recently that he, he thought we didn't put over the heel turn where he had the thing with Rollins. Right. But it was like a two-minute heel turn. He had a match <coughs> coming up with him later in the night and nothing happened with it. And he was a babyface later in the night. He was a babyface this past week. I think they should full-turn him he- heel. I don't think it would work as good if they, you know, it would definitely be better if he saw it at Anderson and Gallows. Babyface or heel, they should give the briefcase to Balor, and Balor should be able to cash in sooner rather than later. Yeah, Alo, your your thoughts? Well, um, I want the missing to happen because I thought I think that'll be great storytelling and a cheap ploy to get Miz's champion to get it over Daniel Bryan, but to be a bit different, Jason Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just made that would make my night. Well, on was, June seventeenth. I was just pandering to you. But, <laughs> My favorite wrestler. Uh, yeah, I think we talked about Joe earlier. My thing, I think Joe should win. C- c- can pop, well, I would fancy, but have Joe win and have Joe just walk out in a before the, ma- the before the w before the main WWE title match starts. Just walk out, insert himself in the match, or what I've been really wanting somebody to do for years: attack him backstage, mm-hmm. drag him out to the ring, Ooh. 
and cash in that one. <laughs> or basically what Corbin said he would do last year, but execute it better. Like Corbin teased it for like what a week and a half tops, like he yeah. would come out there before, you know, someone with the WWE, like I think it was Mahal still, and he would tease, it, but it didn't last long enough. Um, I think it'd be, I don't know, I really don't know what they're gonna do. I just want to see the the Miz win. The only the only thing I'd be happy with if it wasn't the Miz is if it was Jason Jordan or our truth. <laughs> <laughs> I could get I could get behind that too. Uh, end of the third quarter, Sixers trail. <laughs> Wait a minute, you would get behind Joe winning? I would, yes. Um, I just wanted to get my jokes in. Huh. <laughs> and Joe isn't a joke to me. Right. <laughs> um, make sure you're serious here. No, and in fairness, as I said at the top of the show, I am about as distracted now as I've ever been on this show. Uh, but yeah, Joe I'd be fine with. Um, all right, do we have anything else? Yes, we have a question from Donovan Lord, Lord, no relation. Okay. What do you think about Tessa Blanchard going to TNA? I think nothing of it. It's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> so to not be as heel as Pat, I've stated on this show since the birth, the inception, and all of their beginnings, uh, I was never a fan of TNA. I never watched it live. I was a fan of Tessa when she came in for the Mae Young Classic. I've seen some of her indie work prior to that. Um, arguably, she's one of the biggest female names in the independent wrestling scene, if not the biggest. She's got the family lineage there, and I really think WWE dropped the ball and should have signed her. Um, for people like me, for people like my best friend, for people like Donovan that think she's good, the fact that they didn't sign her, if you want to keep watching the stuff, like, if you want to see her in the ring... Cool, you can watch some stuff from like YouTube and like Twitter and stuff, but there's actually a TV deal where you can see her on. So if you're that much of a fan of her, that could garner some eyes. So good for them. It's a good get. Yeah, I actually watched on YouTube her debut in TNA because she actually came on commentary. Because on Independence Scene, you don't really get a chance to talk a lot. And she did she on Impact debut. She did commentary. I thought she did pretty good on commentary, basically putting her her family lineage yeah. over. But she I, she was a pretty confident talker. I'm a bit upset WWE and signer, but her and Ricochet recently broke up, so I'm not sure if that played anything in the, played anything to it. But the one thing with Impact is they do let you do work for Impact. I don't know if your payment your pay's gonna be on time, but you could also work other independents. So I'm sure that was a big help to it as well. Yeah. All right, we have a question from Elite Collector Two One Five. Okay, what's with all these relationship breakup recently? Cass Mella, Nikki John, Zelina Aries, Ricochet Tessa, me and Alexa. Like, was really good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, my my answer is, I think every one of these women has their eye on one of us on the Matt <laughs> and his podcast. So that that's my answer. I think that's I think that's what's getting in the water over at WWE. Ladies, Brian love. Gerard James has made everyone way too aware of us. And I think it's ruining every relationship <laughs> in the locker room. I had, a, I had a few simple answers. Well, one, until that question, and my best friend just stated it, I didn't know Ricochet and Tessa even broke up. So that's news to me. Um, as far as himself and Alexa, I, there's a lot of confusion here because the, judging by previous pictures and history, um, she looks good with a black eye, so I thought her and Aaron had something going on. Uh, and then also, good friend of the show, Sean Walker, responded to a question. He thought her and Alexa had something going on. 
Um, Buddy Murphy and Braun Strowman are probably real confused right now. She's going around. <laughs> um, so she's not faithful. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think everyone's really breaking up because the weather's broke. You know, judging by my years in the dating pool, weather's weather breaks. Yeah. Cuffing season's over. Weather, <laughs> weather breaks and, and relationships break. Yeah, been there, done that. So, don't worry. The summer will be over. Three, four months. Fall come around. A lot of these will rekindle. Cena and Nikki broke up though because Cena's probably tagging ooh, Carmella. Ooh, ooh. Well, I, I have a comment about that. I can't. I can't wait for Total Divas because this is like the biggest plot ploy in the world because she's the only one that's single on Total Divas now. So these these, these are some real Hollywood writers. They need to write Raw in SmackDown. They really do. Because this is fantastic. So did they graduate from writing the post office to writing Total yes, Divas? Yes, yes. This is fantastic. Like, I was like, the only one that's single. And when Total Divas come, I'm sure they're going to run with this. So we could see WrestleMania 35, Nikki and John get married essentially. <laughs> these Hollywood, these writers are fantastic. They need to write Raw and SmackDown. But to Elite Collector's question, two simple answers. They listen to Balo at the Dark. <laughs> and ladies love Balo. <laughs> I really thought your second answer was going to be cuffing season's over. <laughs> Third answer, cuffing season's over. Yeah, and, uh, we have a question from Mark and Mark 316 from Instagram. Who are the top four in the industry right now? Okay, for me, Roman, <laughs> Miz, AJ, Braun. Wow, no Cena. Mm-mm. Wow. He's just not there enough right now. <clears throat> Understood. I, and to me, that would have been just shtick if I threw Cena in there. <laughs> so I was having a hard time pulling these out, but um, for the industry, I've already mentioned it when it came to the Sunday show. There's one guy who carried it. Again, he had a lot to carry. Or in Raw, there was one thing that mattered, and that was Monday Night Rollins. Seth Rollins, when it comes to the WWE, he is arguably the most valuable player they have right now, and I hope they realize that. Well, I know Brian Gerard's listening right now, so he better get if the service on Monday Raw. This is important. He's the best thing you got. And speaking of what you don't have, Number two, most important in the industry is Cody Rhodes because love him or hate him, fan of him, Team Kenny, Team Cody, whoever side you're on, when he left WWE and did what he's doing present day with the indies, it didn't get more eyes just on the indies, but it got a lot of eyes outside that were already on WWE to go all over the place. People that are hating him now, there are people that are hating him now that are avid WWE fans. There are people hating him now that are avid indie fans that don't want him there, but there are people tuning in to either watch him win or lose. He's him and his fellow people in the elite, his fellow people in the bullet club. They're signing deals left and right, whether it be this 10,000 seat arena show, whether they're on Jericho's cruise, the pop deal, hot topic, Again, you've brought it up countless times. The next wrestling boom is going to be the indies. Cody's leading the forefront there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to go back to WWE. I was having a real hard time. I was going between two other people because I wanted to save number four for last. Uh, I was Braun Strowman. I'm going to go back to WWE. I think he's going to be what they want Roman to be before summer's end. He's already 
well over. They need to give him just a little bit more of a push. And I think before the year's end, he could be stone cold hot. Hmm. He has, he's a huge size. He moves better than anyone has ever moved that size. People could argue that with Andre or the big show or something, but not, not really. This guy is a freak of nature. And I really hope they start, they redo what they should have did with him in 2017 and do it right in 2018. And again, for the last person, number four, most important person in the industry is Chris Jericho. Um, because this guy went from showing up at the greatest Royal Rumble in WWE and WWE knowing that, and then days later, he's in New Japan, and he's lining up a feud there. He's got this wrestling show that's going to take place on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. He ju- he has the number one selling shirt for the second time. It's a different shirt. The number one selling shirt on Hot Topic. I don't get how he gets away with this at his age. He's doing it. He's one of the most popular things, and he's one of the greatest topics. Honorable mention, same thing kind of going on with Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio was at the greatest Royal Rumble, and then he shows up in... uh, Actually, he didn't show up in New Japan, but he's announced for New Japan. He's going to be at the next show. Uh, Great for him. I, um... I have a clear number one, but the other two... The other three, I I don't really have an order for them, but number... But I'm going to name one guy that you guys may be shocked. Tommaso Ciampa. The only real heel in wrestling. <laughs> the re- he's definitely the realest The heel. realest heel. Legit. He definitely, and and definitely. You, guys, you guys know I will do everything in my power to not put over anything that's not on main <laughs> roster WWE product. But I will break character for a second and say... He is an unbelievable <laughs> heel, and I can't take that away Un- from him. Unbelievable on social media. I, I can definitely get behind anything they put about him. I'll never forget, I'm waiting at the airport to go to the layover heading towards Orlando, and Anji goes strolling down the airport. I look up, and Tommaso is just getting out of TSA. He goes over, and he's talking extremely friendly to this lady at the bakery behind me, and I'm like, Man, I, sh- I should go up to him. I'm not really like prep, and I can't just go run up and be like, yo, selfie real quick. But then <laughs> there's a mob of people that are hitting him for selfies, and he was extremely friendly with everyone. There was a kid when we were waiting in line to board the plane that had, that was on crutches and had his leg all taped up, and he was extremely friendly and had a long, in depth conversation with him. He's living the character on social media, but he's. Way more polite than I think anyone would expect. He's being fans. a good ambassador for the for the business. Yes, because yes, this guy life. on Twitter talking about how he doesn't want Johnny and Candace to have babies <laughs> and then spoiling Infinity War. That would put him over the top for me. I, he's fantastic. Uh, also, AJ Styles, no doubt, the best worker, well, arguably the best worker WWE has. I'm going to say The Miz, not even just being shtick because right. this <laughs> transitioning... Being that villain that you actually need. He's not like Tommaso Ciampa, but being that like guy you just love to hate mm-hmm. and earning everybody's respect because he religiously g- gets cheered now. Yeah. A- and then number one, Bullet Club as a whole. Because <laughs> just the whole thing. The whole thing. It's like how the Atlanta Hawks starting 5-1 player of the month yeah. in the NBA <laughs> yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah, th- just the whole thing because we talked about – how the boom period, well, I, I kind of, I think I said in the group text, I had mm-hmm. a point on this. I'm kind of glad this question actually came up. Yeah. Because the Bullet Club, they, 
everything that's offered to the world now, especially with social media and YouTube, they're transitioning that into themselves, into ROH, and like to to, to learn storylines, you have to watch Being the Elite, <laughs> and they're everything that's fun in wrestling. Everything, everything that's that you want to see in wrestling, they do, and it's legit fun. And my point about New Japan was about because I I, I told you guys a meme about when you ask a New Japan mark to watch WWE, it's like, <laughs> okay, but I'm going to complain. And my thing, I, I had a point was, would New Japan be as relevant if it wasn't for the Bullet Club? For the as as for as big as it gets deemed now, would it be as big as it is? No, if neither it wasn't would for Ring Bullet of Honor. Club? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't think it would because. Obviously, there's a segment of fan here in the United States that is going to gravitate towards that because it is not the mainstream thing. and But I think it has gotten way more mainstream than ever, and I think the Bullet Club is the reason why. So, yeah, I, they definitely have put other promotions on the map more so than they would have been without them. Yeah, pe- people always have watched it, but like to bring it to us... And be as big as it is, and then like I said, we talked about the bull club. Eric talked about bull clubs all in hot topic and stuff, and have all these deals. Mm-hmm. There, there's a New Japan logo T-shirt in hot topic, and if it wasn't for the Bucks, Kenny and Cody working that deal for Bullet Club, there would not be a New yeah. Japan T-shirt in hot topic. Yeah, agreed. And then we have one more question from Phil. <laughs> okay. I'm very glad he asked this question because there, there was a segment on this on Fox Sports that I just laughed at. They didn't want to watch the rest of the thing. All right. Jordan or LeBron? <laughs> um, it, it's a really tough argument, and I think it says everything you need to know about LeBron that this is an argument now. I think, And I think there's a difference between the – best player of all time and who is the greatest of all time I think as of right now I'd put Jordan as the greatest of all time just because of the 6 for 6 in the finals 6 MVP 6 finals MVPs but who is the best player of all time I say LeBron James just because he can do more on the court I think he's bigger He's j- stronger. He's just as athletic. He's the top ball handler on his team. He's a better outside shooter than Jordan was, better rebounder. I think that there's just – LeBron can just do a little more, and I think LeBron ultimately – he knows he's never going to be able to catch up in the championship talk because even if he wins six, he's never going to be six for six. But I think he's hanging around long enough and playing so great for so long – I think he's going to start breaking, like, individual career records. He might be, like, right now, I think he's the only player in NBA history to have 30,000 points, 8,000 rebounds, and 8,000 assists. And he might end up being the only person to have 40,000, 10,000, and 10,000. So I think there are stats he can pile up that just nobody will ever match. So a little bit of a shorter answer since you kind of segued a little bit to both guys. There's a lot of stats to argue here. There's a lot of discussions you could go over. Despite any conversations people could make over records, championships, accolades, sneakers, 
or above. <laughs> I'm going to pick Michael Jordan solely because LeBron James has not responded to our open invitation <laughs> to join us here at Mad Madness. That's fair. And as far as sneakers go, obviously there is one goat in the sneaker game, and that is Michael Jordan. Yeah. Halo? Well, Jordan. Because, <laughs> don't know that because on, on that terrible show on Fox Sports, whatever, the undisputed mm-hmm. show is terrible. There was a question of who's had more help in their career, Jordan or LeBron. Shannon Sharp, who I hate, by the way, without hesitation, said Jordan. I just turned it off after that. But I'm picking Jordan because in the totality of it down the road, LeBron's first nine years is going to be held against him because of the non the, the quote unquote non clutch gene and mm-hmm. the being so passive in the big moments. That's always going to be held against him. But even when it comes to Kobe, people always say Kobe or LeBron. Me personally, I'll pick Kobe, but they'll say LeBron did all these things too. But I'm like, well, if Kobe wanted to, he would do the same things LeBron LeBron would do. But at the end of the day, you can't compare him because. The size difference, because both of those, Kobe and Jordan were two guards, but LeBron, he's what, 6'9", 250, 260, and those guys are two guards. Real And, and LeBron, in, in today's NBA, is basically positionless basketball. <coughs> Bless you. So, I'll pick Jordan, because of that, cause of that, cause that whole killer instinct, and I'm sure if he wants to, he can do everything that LeBron does. Yeah, I just think that so the whole clutch gene thing, I think one thing that LeBron doesn't get enough credit for is that dude was a celebrity from age 16. Yeah, I know. And the fact that he's never gotten in any kind of trouble, mm-hmm. he's never really done anything wrong, he basically was anointed as a teenager, this guy is the next Michael Jordan, and he's actually gotten to this level is unreal to me. And you didn't hear people criticizing Jordan in the 93 finals when he passed to John Paxson for the game-winning three. Yeah, because th- this is the thing that people are saying. It's only passive if who you pass it to doesn't make the shot. If you make the if you pass them and they make the shot, you're like, oh, what a great play. That, that's the, that's the, the contradictory of it. It's like, okay, he was open. But sometimes in LeBron's case, it was just like he didn't want the ball at all. You can kind of tell. Yeah, I think the one time he was definitely guilty of that was against Dallas in mm-hmm. 2011. And he even said, uh, who was the coach? Dwayne Casey was one of their coaches. Mm-hmm. And he said, the way he defended me turned me into the player I am today. He said, I wasn't a complete player in 2011. Because of that series, I am now. But then there's also the point of Jordan was – a scorer. That was his yeah. number one trait. Same thing for Kobe, whereas LeBron was more of a facilitator than a scorer. He was a facilitator who could score. Mm-hmm. So they're not the same type of player. Like To your point, they're not the same type of player, so it's really hard to judge who's better than the other because they both shouldered such heavy responsibilities. And also, I don't think anyone has shouldered as much of the load for their team for as long as LeBron James no. has now. Fifteen. Jordan took a break to play baseball. He had the, the three titles, took a break for a year and a half, three titles, and then left, whereas Jordan has just been doing it since, I believe, 2003. Mm-hmm. And it's now 2018. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I think obviously there's a case to be made for both guys. I don't really think there is a wrong answer, but, yeah, my choice is LeBron, but it's close. Mm-hmm.
Uh, was there there were no more questions? I think that's it for the night. Did anyone have any, anything else to add? <coughs> no. Nope. WWE sucked this week. It did. Yeah. And again, thankfully, they both shows got their lowest ratings in 2018, deservedly so. Um, so LeBron, I can't invite you this week. Sixers are down 96-94, 6-16 left. We'll get to it next week. Hopefully we're seeing you in the conference finals come Monday. Um, yeah, that's it. I guess th- that's everything I got. I'm freaking out because of this game. So No stump Halo? Oh, that's right. See? I knew I told you guys <laughs> I was going to need some help. Um, all right, stump Halo. 96-94 Boston, 609 left, runs losing. <laughs> so... Ooh. can't find it oh, here we go all right stump alo from laugh at 2015 elimination chamber who wrestled for the intercontinental championship not as good as yours but <laughs> oh that was the uh was that the irrelevant yeah that was the uh the pop-up elimination chamber so that was ryback sheamus um who else was in that match Ryback and Shameless for the last two. Hmm. Sixers down 100 to 90. <laughs> 527 left. Was the Miz in there? Ryback, Shameless. Everyone in that arena is saying this is revenge for a couple months ago. Uh-huh. Cesaro? There's four more other than the yeah, two. Yeah, I know it's four. That's pretty recent mm-hmm. and irrelevant. As soon as he sent me this, I said, this might be way too recent. Because like, yeah. I doubt you've ever rewatched this again. Not this match. It was horrible. Because <laughs> Ryback won. Ryback did win. There's a nice uh, speech to Dana Ryan right? afterwards. Mm-hmm. So you got three out of six. Hmm. Wow. You're going to be stoned. <laughs> Big Show? No. All right, so he's he's guessed two wrong. How many wrong guesses does he get? I'm trying to remember. I know the rest of the card too. This is amazing. We'll give him. He said he's got two wrong. Two wrong. He's missing thirty. I'll give him five more wrong answers. All right, let me go through this card. All right, mm. Page. It was pa- no Page wasn't. It was a triple threat match for the Divas title. Reigns didn't have a match. Rollins, Ford Ambrose, Cena and Owens. Huh. I know there's irrelevant people in this match, too. <laughs> Did you say Paige won the triple threat? No, Paige was in a triple threat. No, Paige was, was. Yeah, okay, it was Paige, Naomi, and Nikki. All right. She said Cesaro wasn't in it. Barrett 
Yep. I know Neville wasn't in it. Nope. So I got two more. Hmm. He was gone by then. Hmm. No Cody. Mm-mm. He he was in the first match. Stardust beat Zack Ryder in the first match. Nope. Luke Harper? Nope. Technically, you have two more wrong guesses. Okay. God. I got four so far. So Dolph, Barrett, uh, Ryback, and Sheamus. That's four. Ryback just got a few Bray two weeks prior. Barrett was finished with Neville. Dolph was working with Sheamus. Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think of that was a good year for wrestling. It was not a good year for the IC title. No. Uh, R Truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Look at you. One more. No hint at that rate. Thought he was gonna be solely the man to stump you. I'm trying to figure out who else. Where did this event take place? Um, Corpus Christi, Texas. It was it was a it was a pop up a pop up pay per view because it could fit the chamber in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said Stardust for Ryder, so that's not those two. No Luke Harper, no Neville. Somebody so fucking dumb, I, I bet, too. <laughs> nah, our truth was the dumb one. <laughs> Should I give him a hint or no? No. No, 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 no. Any hint would give it away. He has two guesses. Hmm. Knowing you, your hint would give it away. <laughs> it, it would. I think I'm trying. I'm really trying to remember who, what, what was going. Yeah, Cesaro was in the, the tag team of the chamber match. Uh, Suspense is killing me. I'm gonna piss my shorts. <laughs> God, I really can't think of this one guy. Ugh. Happen? Suspense is killing me. Mm, it's killing don't, me too. Don't, don't tell me because I, I know I know it too. It's not him because he he it's not it's not who I just thought about because he he wasn't he go, he wasn't cleared anymore. But you had two guesses. It's not him because okay. he wasn't he, got, he had he, had, he was forced to retire a year prior. For the icy title. Uh, Mark Henry. Yes. <laughs> wow. I am very, very impressed that you worked that out. Laugh thought that the fact that it was a chamber match might throw you. I thought the fact that it was so recent and you wouldn't have rewatched that show might have did it. 
I'm proud of you for getting that. Uh, so we just got to end the show there. Uh, Sixers down 102.98. Obviously, by the time you're hearing this, it will already be known what happened. But uh, for Act 2 Fly, Eric Trembicki. Adios. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my ball, shut the mystery man. It ain't safe to land, off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.